Tom Kissingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. FootballDotcom and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Guys, we got a special episode. I am all dressed up. I got a tie on and everything. You guys dressed up for this too, right? I'm not going to be the only one overdressed here. Why do you keep saying you guys? I'm, wait, wait a minute. Is that? Could it be? It is. That's Travis the Beard. I'm here. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Hey. Hey guys, what is what's transparent and smells like worms? I don't know. Bird farts. Oh gross. Who the <laughs> Hmm. Gross. Good to be back, gentlemen. It's good to be back. <laughs> good to good to have you, dad jokes and all. Right on. I am John, most likely to succeed at ruining a perfectly good intro, Hogue, and this is the Super Flex Super Show 2018 Awards Edition. And guys, it's also a milestone episode for us. Episode number 69, so nice. Oh, that guy is losing it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Since it is our oral episode, uh, we will perform this entire podcast orally, <laughs> as opposed to the alternative, uh, whatever that could possibly be. Uh, I'm I, upside down right now, too. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, sucks. I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely been accused of talking out of my ass at least once per episode, so maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Anyways, our lovely listeners have also been waiting over a month to hear your voice, Travis. So before we start handing out awards, we need to talk to you for a minute. How is your fantasy season? How are your holidays? Hear any good dad jokes lately? It's just good to have you back, brother. So what's up? Thanks, man. Where's the dad joke front? It's pretty much the bird farts one. That's that's where we're at right now. Um. Yeah, holidays were good, man. Um, lots of good family time. Fantasy season ended up sucking. I was in uh, five semis and lost four of them, and then lost the championship and all. So bad, bad luck. Uh, week fifteen. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit here as well. Man, <laughs> downer. In that case, let's get to the uh, the meat and potatoes of this show. Like I said, it's an awards show. Um, we're going to do this Super 6 style. Top 6, top 6. So we've got 6 categories. Well, we've got 3 main categories with 6 subcategories. And we're going to nominate 6 players for each of those categories. And then declare so a winner. So many categories. I know. There's, <laughs> there's a lot here. I don't think it's nearly as much as it looks like on when it's written here on our screen. But... Uh, 
We'll see. We'll see. So can't wait for best screenplay. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, best soundtrack. Uh, let yeah, let's jump into it. Top six. We're gonna start with our top six season long awards and start with the obvious, the fantasy MVP nominees. And let's start with you, Travis. Nominate a guy for us. Yeah. So. I think everybody should know before we start here that I was last to the show sheet, so uh, you guys got all Excuses the uh, the good names or the obvious names here. But I I still I think I still think there's a case to be made for James Connor here for fantasy MVP. Uh, this guy not only was awesome. I mean, he every almost every week he was putting up elite RB one numbers. But the best part though is he. He was just – he was free. He was added to your roster for no additional charge at a time. Like you didn't think you were going to have him all season, and then he ended up being that that gasoline on the fire for, for your contending teams out there, and it, it made a big difference. I mean people rode James Conner to the playoffs pretty – I mean I, James Conner and the next guy that James, James is going to say here, I mean those two guys, if you had them – during the regular season, I mean, you were you were winning games every week. Yeah, totally. And man, if he didn't get hurt and Jalen Samuels come in and still look really good, this would this would be almost a slam dunk. In a one quarterback league, I think that James Conner would probably be a, a slam dunk for me. But uh, let's let's see. So let, let's move on to James with the nomination. Yeah, real quick, I like James Conner, too. Um, I, my whole thing is is that his unavailability for the fantasy playoffs hurts a little. Um, so I, I, my nominee... Oh, I didn't know we were supposed to poop on other people's nominees before we got into ours. It's politics, oh, man. That's also just oh. what we do here. I know it's been a while, but you you got to keep in mind that... You're especially... right, I forgot, I forgot we played dirty, so I, <laughs> we, I remember we, now. We definitely do. All right, so I can't wait to hear you poop on this one because I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes on the season, 66% completion percentage, 50 passing touchdowns, and over 5,000 passing yards. The QB won in a super flex league. He is so valuable. He's young. He's surrounded by talent. Patrick Mahomes is the fantasy MVP for me, and um, I, I'm totally okay with anyone trying to foo-foo that. And I'm I'm surprised it would be Travis. I would think John would be the one that would try to uh, try to try to throw a, a wrench in there since he's not a, a Patrick Mahomes believer yet, even though he says he is. But he still has him at like quarterback two, and I've got the doesn't even really feel good about too. that. <laughs> doesn't even really feel too. good about that either. Yeah, though. James. You know, I really like your Patrick Mahomes pick, but I gotta say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, you, you guys say what? Oh, I was There's just nothing to say about Mahomes. There's nothing to say about Mahomes. He did have he did have his worst week, his second worst week of the season in week 15 when you really needed him. Yeah, so that. yeah, that's that's definitely true. That makes it tough. He was, was only like low end. He was only low end QB one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the QB one, 18 yeah. fantasy points in week 15. Okay. Phenomenal. 18 yeah, fantasy. He's awesome, points. man. He's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, it's going to be tough to beat, especially in a quarterback centric podcast like this one. 
So, uh, but let's see what I can do here. I've got Devonte Adams is my first nominee. He was the wide receiver one overall. He had one week where he was outside the top 24 wide receivers and eight weeks where he was inside the top 12. He, he just was one of the most bankable wide receivers for the entire season. And that's in the middle of a down year for Aaron Rodgers. That's in the middle of a season where we watched the head coach, Mike McCarthy, just completely forget to how to call a game. So the fact that Devontae Adams did exactly what we expected him to do, uh, even with that adversity, uh, makes him an MVP candidate for me. Yeah, I like that pick a lot, John, but, you know, I got to say, I don't have anything for him. He he was, he was great. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's hear your next one then. Uh, yeah, so Saquon Barkley, I think, has to be mentioned here. Running back two on the season, only behind Todd Gurley. And, I mean, he was like the definition of consistency. And he was on this bad offense, and he was just complete uh, – he was bankable every single week, except for uh, week 15 when he stunk. But that was literally the only week. Uh, I mean, he was, yeah, elite, elite numbers all season long as a rookie. I think he's definitely in the conversation uh, for fantasy MVP, largely because he took a lot of teams from worst in their dynasty league with the 101 to playoff teams just for, you know, with this one player. And that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Yeah. Barnacle is awesome. Yeah, so I've got him. So uh, in my latest rankings update, you can check him out at DLF, my Superflex rankings. Saquon Barkley is the only running back who I would draft in the first round of a startup snake draft. So, although there's a there uh, there was a gift that came out of him uh, pooping his pants on that 68 yard run against uh, against Dallas in Week 17. So I don't know. I, I I don't know if I need to adjust my rankings based on that, but um So Saquon Barkley should be the 101. Incorrect. Not in a super flex. We're still going. Yeah, no, We're in any going. format in dynasty leagues in a startup draft, he's the 101. James, what you, you agree doing, with me, man? right? We're still in my going. rankings, Saquon Barkley is number 1 overall. So there yes. you go. What right. the hell is happening hey, two, here? 2 out of 3, 2 to 1, 2 to 1, we win. <laughs> yep. Thank God we've got the entire offseason to fight about this one because you guys are ridiculous. Running back, running back. He's so (laughs) gross. one years old. I know, and he's so good. And you have no off-the-field concerns with him because he's just a class act on and off the field. And he's 21, and he was taken at number two in the draft. And he did this on a garbage team, on a garbage team with Eli Oh, man. I think it's okay. Everybody knows... Everybody that's listening knows that John's just wrong about this one. So we can just move oh on. God. All right. Yeah, let's move on. It's good Don't to have back, time John. for this. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. So I got to the show sheet first. Full disclosure, I got to fill in all the names and make all my selections first. But I did feel like I had to go off base a little bit. And this is one of the spots that I definitely went off the reservoir with. And my next um, nominee is Zach Ertz. And really, it was because... If you had one of the three major tight ends this year, you were so far ahead at that position that it really, really helped you. Zach Ertz set a record for a hundred for uh, receptions in a season with 116 
for 1,163 yards and eight touchdowns. The dude was just bankable at a position that most people were just struggling to fill week in and week out. There were some guys that had some decent stretches, but I mean, even guys that like David Ajoku had stretches early in the season where he was unstartable. And then Trey Burton started the season great and then just wasn't anything later. Zach Ertz was a guy you could put in that tight end spot and you felt like you can go toe to toe with anyone at that spot. And you're probably gaining on most teams at that position. So he he was just huge this year. Uh, again, 116 receptions in a PPR uh, really is huge from a tight end. I mean, you're getting that elite uh, receptions, uh, receiving yards and touchdowns from a position outside of the wide receiver position. So I think just based on that, I have to give Zach Ertz at least some consideration. So how, I don't understand how you could go Zach Ertz when he didn't even finish as the tight end one. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I To me, though, Zach Ertz wasn't drafted as a tight end one. You know, like Travis Kelsey was a guy who was taken above him. I think for where you got Zach Ertz, he was close enough to where you could, you know, you could make a case that he could still be the MVP there. Um, I mean, you, you had James Conner there, and he didn't finish as a running back, too, even though you had Saquon and, and Conner. So, I mean, I don't know that the finish you're, you're definitely right though. I mean, there were some tight ends that probably were more valuable than him. However, I just feel like where you got Travis Kelsey at or uh, Zach Ertz at rather compared to guys like Travis Kelsey. Um, I think you probably saved a few rounds and you got some elite level production. So I think if you had one of those three, uh, I think, um, I think you were doing really well. And George Kittle's the other guy that you could really make an argument here for. I just chose Ertz because of the receptions, honestly. Dark horse for sure. Here's another dark horse for you. Nick Chubb is my next nominee. Running back 17 on the season, despite the fact that he didn't even take over that starting job until right around halfway through the season when Carlos Hyde was traded to Jacksonville. Since then, he averaged 16.52 points per game in uh, the 10 games without Carlos Hyde and finished. And he was the running back seven uh, after Carlos Hyde was traded. So I, you know, for a, for half a season, the guy was just absolutely unreal. It was just a matter of clearing the way for him. I love Nick Chubb. Me too. All well, right, we Travis. Need a winner. Yeah. So Travis is going to pick the winner here. We made our cases for all the nominees. Wow. I feel a lot of pressure here. So, so am I not? A... <laughs> you can pick your guys. <laughs> Can, it, can I the, pick my own? Yeah, the burden's on us to uh, to make a case for the other guys. So, yeah. Okay, so I'm guaranteed what five or six reward, awards throughout this show, right? <laughs> I guess you're turning this into something <laughs> that it's not. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I think, unfortunately, <laughs> even though I think there's a good case to be made for James Conner and Saquon Barkley, I think I'm going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Okay. I don't. I don't see how he can't be. I mean, agreed. It, you know, the only argument really is, oh, it's a quarterback, but this is super flex. Like that's the yeah. that's the whole point. Quarterbacks matter in this format. You know, in in one QB leagues, I, I think that you could definitely go with another another player, but Patrick Mahomes, especially considering you know anybody that had him, they weren't counting. You know, like he was their QB two at best, QB three for most teams. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes takes home the fantasy MVP. I this like is that Patrick one. Mahomes' first Superflexi award. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I, he, he had in six to eight weeks. So look for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or don't. Uh, Pat Mahomes had the best fantasy season ever, I believe. I, I think that's what I saw. I mean, regardless of position, definitely for quarterbacks, but I think regardless of position, which, you know, he gave huh. you an unfair advantage regardless of the format. He gave you an unfair advantage at quarterback and allowed you to miss at other positions. So, to me, even beat, in one quarterback uh, league, I would take I would take Mahomes as my MVP. That's fair. He beat uh, Peyton Manning's season. I believe so. I think the yeah. rushing yards helped him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Him a lot. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next yeah. one. This one is one of my favorites. Yeah, you actually made this one up. So this is the Super Superflex Award, the quarterback two MVP. Uh, so the way I understood this one was guys that we drafted to be a quarterback two and who ended up paying the biggest dividends. Is that is that about right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. And we'll Wonder- start with James on this one. Yeah, the way I read this was quarterbacks that actually finished as quarterback twos that maybe we weren't expecting to. So I uh, uh well my you, bad, you my understood bad, it wrong. But, but that that's okay. That's okay because I You feel didn't like read very, the memo? I feel I feel very solid with both of my nominees anyways. So uh, John, he didn't read the memo again. What yeah, are we gonna do? I know. I told that... you guys I can't read. Why do <laughs> Braille. Send it in Braille. All right. Um, so my nominee is Josh Allen. And look, Josh Allen, he only started 11 games because he did get hurt. Uh, but in 11 games, he had 2,074 passing yards, 10 passing touchdowns. But where he really made uh, made made headway was on the ground. 631 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns really helped Josh Allen propel fantasy teams. And look, the 11 games that he played, there's there's five games that he's missing during the season. If he's not in, at least I can replace that production so I, I'm okay with it because I can put somebody else in that spot. So um, Josh Allen, to me, it definitely makes a case. He wasn't a guy that I don't think many people were drafting to be a QB2. He was a guy who people hoped could develop into a QB2 somewhere down the road. I think that was kind of what we were hearing as his ceiling, you know. Um, but uh, lo and behold, this year he was a quarterback, too. He was that good. So um, in the games that he played, he was definitely usable, and he got better down the stretch. So that's why... I am nominating Josh Allen. I feel pretty good about it. You do, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I, I'm the only one. So. I, I definitely Those rushing don't... yards, man. Yeah, he in especially late in the season. I mean, like you said, he was just he he was a league winner just because of the way you know it, it just came on late in the season for him, which it was just such good timing. So it's it's definitely. There's a there's a definite case to be made for him. I am going to go with Matt Ryan, who finishes a quarterback two, and he went eleven. He had eleven weeks where he was inside the top twelve for quarterbacks, and he was he in all sixteen weeks he was a top twenty four quarterback. Only Pat Mahomes was Pat Mahomes was the only other quarterback to do that. So just so solid, so consistent. And that combination right there, Pat Mahomes and Matt Ryan, would have given you an advantage like none other 
in Superflex, and it shoots holes in my theory that you need to, you know, you need to go early and often after the quarterbacks. The fact that you could have got those guys in the middle rounds and got both of those guys on the same roster and been absolutely unstoppable, you know, just just shows you that the quarterback position is, you know, a, a little bit easier to to navigate than than what we originally thought. At least what I originally thought. Yeah, man, that's that's nice. I, he he definitely exceeded expectations. I don't think anybody had him finishing that high, uh, and and he did. It's really interesting too because not only did he finish that high, but then Atlanta kind of overhauled their their coaching staff, and uh, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator next year. So it's kind of like another year with uh, Matt Ryan trying to get used to another offensive coordinator. So I wonder what that does to him long term. But for this year alone. Man, he definitely uh, exceeded expectations and, uh, yeah, was drafted as a quarterback two and performed as a quarterback one. So, yeah, that's a really solid pick. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, he, like, quietly – he had the quietest QB two or three finish ever. Like, yeah. nobody's yeah. talking about Matt Ryan. Um, I say QB two or three because when I looked it up, depending on where you look, I guess, what scoring you use, he was QB two. And the guy I'm about to talk about was QB3, and that is Ben Roethlisberger, who was drafted as the quarterback 24 in August 2018 startup ADP from DLF. So right before the season, people were doing startups, and they were taking Big Ben as quarterback 24, the bottom of the QB2s, and you get a QB3 overall finish out of him. I'd say that that is super flex MVP worthy. Yeah, again, Big Ben, it's another name that, you know, you're always worried about. And, John, I know you talked about this a lot, but I think we both were always concerned about his home road splits. And this year, that was less of a concern. He really played better on the road, and when he did that, when, when he did that, he became a top three quarterback in fantasy. So that was huge. Um, obviously, that was kind of what was holding him back from being that that top top option but no he definitely finished this year as that top guy and if you drafted him as qb 24 you got a total bargain this year i mean you definitely got a guy who outperformed uh kind of your your highest expectations of him i would think what do you think john yeah definitely the the home road split was a whole deal for me and and it did it improved this year it improved a little bit last year and it improved a little bit more this year and it's becoming a non-issue and uh, it's just too bad that the guy is kind of an idiot, and it's going to lead to him losing his either number one or number two wide receiver. I'm not t- totally sure how I feel on that one. <laughs> but we know where James is at on that one. He's he's Team Juju for sure. Um, I'm not quite there, but either way, I mean, you lose Antonio Brown, which it seems like that's the direction that this is going, and we're going to see some regression. So let's uh, um, let him... Let him bask in his, in the the glow of a quarterback three overall season for the last time in his career, I believe. It's very possible. Big Ben threw the ball 675 times. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. <laughs> the next highest was Andrew Luck at 639. That is an insane amount of pass attempts. Yeah. yeah. Also not a good thing. While having an RB1 all year long. Yeah, yeah, just so many weapons. It's insane. Yeah. All right, James, give us one. 
Well, there's not going to be so many weapons if Brown is leaving and Bell is gone. They're they're slowly losing them, but Bell uh, Yeah, yeah, because they didn't need them. No playoffs without them. Anyways, uh, I my next nomination is Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Dak Prescott was a guy that you probably drafted as a quarterback too. Um, and early in the year, he frustrated and he really disappointed, but he came on strong at the end of the year, a lot like Josh Allen, my first nomination did. And he really won some teams, uh, teams that were able to make the playoffs without him, were able to win with him uh, because of how solid he was. He finished the year with uh, 3,885 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, but he also added 305 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. Uh, Really, that rushing is really what helps him a lot, uh, being able to run the ball and and make plays with his legs. But Amari Cooper going there helped, helped the Cowboys and helped him a ton. And I got to think that moving forward, Dallas is going to add some pieces around him. So not only do I think Dak Prescott um, helped win teams championships this year by playing so strong down the stretch, I also think it's a guy that uh, is probably a buy low candidate for next year. Yeah, man, he was good down the stretch there. And he helped his fantasy stock immensely because he had pretty much bottomed out uh, with the way he ended last year and then the way he started this year. I mean, he was... He was getting traded away for nothing. So I think he's back up in that, you know, top 12 quarterback conversation, which is it's good to have guys that are that are up there. And it's good to have young guys that are up there. So I like I like that pick. Yeah. And that finishes the quarterback 10. Yeah. And that offense is only going to get better now. I mean, they've got Amari Cooper. I think I don't think that they're done adding wide receivers. I think they're going to go find someone. Now, there's not a whole lot available necessarily in free agency unless you know Tyrell Williams is is someone who interests you if you're you know Dak Prescott and the and Jason Garrett but in the rookie draft where there's going to be some absolute monsters available to put on the other side opposite Amari Cooper man I they could put together an amazing offense and Blake Jarwin's coming on kind of at the right time um, we've been talking about the tight end position for a while now. I was kind of hoping O.J. Howard was going to end up there, but yeah, there's there's still some room for growth on that offense. Here's a guy for you, Philip Rivers, quarterback 11. He had multiple touchdown passes in 12 straight games in 13 of his first 14. He definitely cooled off in the fantasy playoffs, which hurts his his ability to to really contend for this award. But just the fact that he got you there with such a low ADP should should it, it definitely makes him at least a dark horse candidate for this award for me. I love Philip Rivers, dude. I, he is so he had a fantastic player. season. Yeah, he did. He did. And and you know what I love about Rivers the most is that it doesn't matter if Keenan Allen's out there or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Like Keenan Allen left the game and Mike Williams just went nuts against the Chiefs on a Thursday night. Like it just didn't even matter. He was still great because it just, that's who Phillip Rivers is. And that's what I love about him. Like, yeah, he's, he had a great season and um, he's so much fun to watch, at least for me. Um, All right. So my last nominee here, uh, it's not the best one, but I think he deserves to be mentioned. He it's Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, when he was in there, he was he was pretty darn good. He kind he kind of had the the rushing cheat code, uh, you know, that some of these other guys had not to the Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson extent. But 
Um, he definitely helped his floor. He was drafted as QB 21 in August of last year. He finished as QB, t- QB 15, so nothing crazy, but he did miss two games um, and was injured in another one, I believe. And he had, you know, seven or eight games of, you know, 18, 19-plus fantasy points. So he was definitely usable uh, as a QB2, and and he had some weak-winning weeks, or, yeah, weak-winning weeks as well. You yeah. can tell I'm super passionate about this one. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think that his value probably is more in Dynasty than uh, – than what we just saw here and but i mean the reason for that is because we saw some major growth in uh his first full year as a starter and his first first year in a, the system with matt Nagy. man give those guys a full year together a full training camp you know give give this whole offense the an entire year an entire cycle to work together i i was pretty down on alan robinson we're going and we're gonna get to that a little bit later, but um, I'm gonna be pretty high actually on Allen Robinson going into 2019. Uh, now that he's had the opportunity to work with, you know, Trubisky and Matt Nagy, and uh, yeah, Trubisky looks just looks the part so far. So what do you think, James? Can you uh, who's who wins the award for the Superflex and QB2 MVP? Yeah, I, I just started thinking about that, man. You guys did not make it easy because I can I can tell you now I'm I none of the guys I nominated are winning this award. Um, you you guys nominated I mean Matt Ryan, Big Ben, Philip Rivers those those three man are just really really difficult for me to decide. But um, I think I think I'm gonna go with. Ben Roethlisberger, and I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, suck it, John. Well, guy was quarterback 24. If he was drafted as quarterback 24 and finished as quarterback three, um, I'm going to give it to him because I don't think I I don't think that he uh, is going to win this award ever again. Matt Matt Ryan Ryan may have a chance to. He 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 had to have been lower than that. I don't I don't know for sure. He was QB 18 in August. Whew. Okay. Damn it. It's I, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, this is James's decision and, and I respect it, but and, 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 not, and, not, and not to mention, it. not to mention that for me to pick a stealer is, is that's very difficult too. for me to pick that to win. So that's saying something. That's that's true too. I'm hoping this is not the only award Big Ben wins tonight. I'll just I'll tell you that much, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> foreshadowing dun, dun, dun. <laughs> all right let's move on to our next award the waiver wire wonder and uh so this is gonna be largely guys who were not drafted or barely drafted and uh were generally av- av- available on waiver wires who you picked up and they helped your team get to the playoffs and maybe even win and I'm going to start this one off with James Conner. He was undrafted. He was ranked as the running back 53 going into the season. And that was that was when the season was starting. Just because we still thought Le'Veon Bell could come back at any time. He ends up finishing as a running back 6. And that's even with a couple games missed at the end of the season uh, due, uh, due to injury. Uh, he still finishes as a running back six. And, guys, he was more efficient than Le'Veon Bell ever was with the ball in his hands. 
Yeah, he was a season-long he was just a season-long guy that if you picked him up off the waiver wire, he helped you for the majority of the season, you know, I mean, for at least the, the regular season. So, yeah, that, I mean, if you picked him up week one and, you know, or before week one and you were able to to hold on to him and start him, yeah, that was that was gold. I mean, you, you pretty much struck gold there. All right. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Travis, All right. nominate a guy for us. So my first waiver wire wonder nomination is – essentially based on one week, and that is C.J. Anderson's week 16. And I think he at least needs to be mentioned here. He was on waiver wires for sure, and he comes in week 16, Todd Gurley's out, we have clarity, we know C.J. Anderson's going to start, and he comes in and he puts up 20 carries for 167 yards and a touchdown, 22 23 fantasy points in the championship game, a guy you got for free off the waiver wire that I think was very startable. I don't think many people would have hesitated to plug him in as the clear cut guy, uh, you know, the clear cut starter for the Rams that week. And that is huge, man. That's week 16. So I don't think he's going to win this award, but I, I feel like he definitely deserved his 15 minutes of fame here. Yeah. Could you imagine being the Todd Gurley owner and you're going into the championship game and Gurley's out and you're going, what do I do? And you have CJ Anderson and you're going, okay, I, I guess I'll play him. And the guy does that. And and you, you, I mean, how ecstatic are you at that point? Because look, there are handcuffs that we've seen do it before, but CJ Anderson is a guy who, you know, he, he wasn't in LA long and he was getting the call and you probably, I mean, I wouldn't have felt good having to start him in a championship game. But lo and behold, if you had to, if you know you didn't have any better options, and that's what you did, if you were a girly owner, do, how how happy, how elated must you have been to get that performance from him in a championship week? That that is huge. Can you imagine going up against the Todd Gurley owner and being the one that picked up C.J. Anderson I don't, because I don't the Todd Gurley owner? This. I don't want to talk that's about that. That's just disrespect. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, Sorry. full disclosure, I'm <laughs> I'm the one picking the winner on this on uh, for this award, and I'm gonna have a hard time picking C.J. Anderson because I drafted him everywhere, anticipating him being kind of the workhorse in Carolina, and ended up dropping him everywhere, um, just to have him you know resurface and actually do something in Week 16. Uh, when I'm already eliminated in all my leagues, so I'm gonna have a tough time. <laughs> I'm gonna have a tough time. You were eliminated because him, but... you were banking on C.J. Anderson and Chris Ivory as your running back one and two. <laughs> not entirely true, but not entirely false either. But all right, James, give us give us a nominee. Yeah, for me, it's Jared Cook. Man, if you picked this guy up off the waiver wire because you needed some tight end help, or you just wanted to take a flyer on him after week one. He he was huge. I mean, the guy had 68 receptions on, a, by the way, 101 targets, 101 targets for Jared Cook. That's insane. But 68 receptions for 896 yards and six touchdowns at a position that is so weak that if you got that, I mean, that that was a middle that was a mid range tight end for you on the season. That's you could have gotten that off the waiver wire. And uh, there was he, he wasn't a model of consistency. But he had some big weeks, and those weeks could have won you those those games. So um, to me, if you got Jared Cook off the waiver wire, 
uh, you got a really, really solid option for the year at tight end, and uh, and that probably helped out a lot of owners. So I'm nominating Jared Cook here. All we right. can't win them all, James. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, I'm hoping for a single. You know, I, I wasn't hitting it out of the park with that one. No, I mean he was he was solid, man, but he was he was also super inconsistent and super frustrating, like he like he usually is. I mean he's, he was better than normal, mm-hmm. um, and you know I I'm not gonna lie, I I definitely I, I like Jared Cook more than I probably should, so I'm okay with you with you putting him in here, um, but that that's all that's all I have to say. John, you're up. All right, my next nominee. This is going to be a tough one for you guys to overcome because it's going to be tough for me to put aside my homerism. But Philip Lindsay, not only was he undrafted, not only was he unranked, I mean, people just didn't even know who the hell this guy was. And he finishes RB12. He has the best season ever for an undrafted free agent rookie. And he had only three games where he was under double-digit fantasy points. One of them, he was ejected for punching a guy far bigger and stronger than he was. One of them, he was injured. And then he had one bad entire game uh, where the game planning was, the the play calling was absolutely terrible against the Cleveland Browns. Beyond that, he was so solid, double digits every single week throughout the entire season. And this was just a Disney movie. It was just, where the hell did this guy come from? And how did he do that? Yeah, it's going to be hard to overcome, man. I mean, it was, as far as a waiver wire wonder, that is literally best case scenario. He was plug and play every single week. Um, I will say, though, that his one bad game against Cleveland was in the middle of the SEC playoffs in week 15. And I had him everywhere, along with some of these other guys we've talked about pooping in week 15 so i hate him <laughs> i hate him very much well you should have known better than to start him against that strong cleveland defense travis oh, <laughs> okay <laughs> no philip Lindsay. that that's yeah um between him and james connor your two nominations i don't know uh yeah i don't know how how travis and i are going to be able to combat that but uh yeah philip Lindsay was just so good and i i absolutely love philip Lindsay. um and yeah, that's that's all I'll say is that I I we'll talk more I, about I, that. I, I enjoy watching him a lot, but okay, okay. Yeah, we're, we're, he that, that backfield comes up two more times, I think. Oh, he's show. not going anywhere. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my next one, my next one is Damian Williams, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, this is a short-term one here, um, but again, super high impact. He is in week 14 this time instead of just C.J. Anderson's week 16. Week 14, 15, and 16, Damian Williams was not only the clear-cut guy that you knew you could start, but he came in and he won fantasy championships for, for people. He had two touchdowns in week 14. He had over 100 yards, two touchdowns, in three touchdowns, I think, in week 15. 30-something fantasy points, 25 fantasy points in the championship with another touchdown and 140 yards. Like, this guy was amazing in weeks 14, 15, and 16, the three most important weeks of the season. And he was free. And I think I think he legitimately was a league winner. 
Yeah, dude, he was huge. He, he came up huge down the stretch. And not only that, but he earned himself a two-year contract. I wonder what happens in Kansas City. I wonder if Damian Williams is a guy that they plan on using long-term, you know? Because, I mean, he really looked good. He looked the part. And and so, I, I you know, Kansas City doesn't have a, a rich history of paying free agent running backs. So, uh, I, I wonder, you know, if this is a guy who you may have picked up in, you know, even in a dynasty league that won you a championship and that can help you down the road too. So yeah, I really like Damon Williams. That's a, that's a strong pick, Travis. He definitely won teams championships. Yeah. I have a feeling that they're going to give him a, a shot to, to start next year. Um, I'm sure that they draft somebody, but I have a feeling that Damian Williams is going to at least get the first crack at it. And uh, he's got very, very complimentary skills for that offense. So, yeah, that could be a that's a very strong contender, I'll say that. But James, give us our last nominee before I pick a yeah, winner. I'm gonna give you the last nominee, but I know you're not gonna pick him because see, I see John is picking the winner this time and he is a, a, a renowned Patriot hater. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a New England wide receiver. That's right, James White. Oh well, running back, I guess, if you wanna technically call him that, but check this out. James White was a guy who, I mean, everyone thought, oh, man, Sony Michelle got drafted highly. They're going to use him. Oh, Rex Burkhead's coming back. You know, nobody, everyone disrespects James White. Dude had 87 receptions out of the backfield for 751 yards and seven receiving touchdowns. Those are wide receiver numbers. Those, and that's just, that's just the receiving. He also added 425 rushing yards which means he totaled over 1,100 and uh, exactly 1,176 total yards from scrimmage. And he also had five rushing touchdowns, which means he had 12 total touchdowns. Dude, James White was a stud and people disrespected him and he's still undervalued. It's unbelievable to me. James White was a guy that if you got him off the waiver wire because people were too scared to pick a New England running back that they thought uh, could be trusted, you benefited greatly all year long too, because the guy was used, uh, you know, for for most of the year. Yeah, except he disappeared off the face of the planet at the end. Like he always does. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. From like week ten on, he had one game, two games above ten fantasy points. Right. That's rough, man. Yeah, he did. I, he did the large, the large majority of his fantasy points were put up weeks one through nine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that also coincided a lot with the the defenses that New England was playing and the usage of Sony Michelle in a lot of those games. Sony Michelle came on at the end of the year too and looked an awful a whole lot better. So I think the power running game kind of took over in New England, and and that that hurt his numbers absolutely. But I still think James White, if you got him off the waiver wire and you got 1176 total yards and 12 touchdowns, dude, I would take that from a running back off the waiver wire any day of the week. So I definitely think he deserves to at least be mentioned in this group. Yeah, but it's not clear. It's clearly not as good of a pick as Damian Williams. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Amy Williams was good. I'll uh, give you that. I cannot believe I'm going to do this. But, I mean, I have to. Like, this is this is what my process is all about when it comes to fantasy. Is the fact that you have to stay on top of it. And you have to keep working the waiver wire and find the guys who not only get you there, but help you win it. And yeah, the fact that yeah, James... So, so it eliminates James White. 
because he did. He disappeared in the fantasy playoffs. It eliminates Jared Cook, who eliminated somewhere around the halfway point through the season. As much as I hate to say it, it also eliminates James Conner, who wasn't even on the field in the fantasy playoffs. And it eliminates Philip Lindsay, who had one down game and one, uh, one game where he left early with an injury. In a lot of cases, he did just enough to help people win their leagues. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're looking at single-digit fantasy points in weeks 15 and 16 from Philip Lindsay. Oh no! I, don't know this is going. I cannot! I cannot believe this. So, <sighs> give it to me! Give it to me, baby! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you already know it's one of your guys. I'm gonna go with Damian Williams just because of yes! the fact that he did it for three straight weeks. the 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 ability to find somebody on waivers who wins you all three weeks of your playoffs of your fantasy playoffs is just, I mean, it's absolutely worthy of this award. And, in fact, that's that's what a good fantasy owner is looking for throughout the season, rather than resting on the laurels of having a guy like James Conner or Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, you know, some of the guys who let you down late in the season for various reasons. It's important to stay on top of this, and that's where the waiver wires can make the difference in a fantasy season Damian Williams was the guy that you got off of waivers, and he won you your league. I like to thank my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank Kareem Hunt. Did, did you definitely Kareem Hunt and uh, <laughs> and the, whoever and the the manufacturers of the uh, the camera in that hotel lobby. All right, on to the next category, and this is going to be a quick one. We are going to rush through these last couple a little bit. We're going to start with a rookie of the year, starting with a nomination from Travis. All right, this one's not going to win. I had to go Calvin Ridley because I was last to the show sheet. Move on, please. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go Saquon Barkley because I was first to the show sheet. Uh-huh. is clearly the rookie of the year. Let the record show that when we made this category, I, I voted that we do Rookie of the Year besides Saquon, but James decided he wanted the easy win, so yeah. he gets it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so Travis is totally the one picking the winner on this, so I guess I'll still... <laughs> I'm going to act like this is a, an actual democratic process here and go ahead and make my nominee, Baker Money Mayfield... And in a super flex league, I I think that there is an argument to be made there. But yeah, I mean, I think we know where this is going. Travis, give us another one. Yeah, Philip Lindsay is my next one. And I think him and Baker and the next one that James is going to say are the only three that you could even have a conversation about. Um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, my next one is Nick Chubb. And I don't really think I have to go too far into it. Nick Chubb had a great year once the opportunity was given to him. And I feel like he would get my second place vote if, if I had one. So, And I've got Josh well, Allen. Good thing you don't have one. <laughs> and, and I've got Josh Allen. I mean, just, just the fact that we hated him so bad going into the season. And he finishes five spots behind Baker Mayfield. Baker's quarterback 16, Josh Allen's quarterback 21. He was the quarterback one by quite a bit for a three-week stretch there uh, towards the end of the season. So, 
I, I, I think he belongs in the discussion, um, mostly just to kind of make amends uh, for uh, for how bad we trashed him. But, yeah, let's get this over with. What do you think, Travis? Who wins this one? Before I announce the winner, I have to say Josh Allen had a good fantasy season, mm-hmm. but he still sucks as a quarterback. <laughs> okay. He still can't throw an accurate ball. Correct. And I will never give him an award of any kind. (laughs) Not even a participation Challenge accepted. (laughs) I am going to create an award for most, man, even Lamar Jackson kind of beats him on a lot of the things. You have to really, really tailor this one to Josh. You know what he gets the award for? Like what? What was what was the what was the actual record he broke? Didn't he break a record for uh, most rushing yards over a three game span in NFL oh, history or something? Quarterback. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, so Saquon Barkley takes it down. We don't really need to spend any time at him at all. We already talked about how we all agree, all three of us agree, amongst the three of us that he's the one hundred and one in Dynasty. So incorrect. All, all three of us said that. I think. <laughs> Yeah. No. That's what I heard too. I think all three of you guys (laughs) stop it. You stop it right now. All right. But I will say again, Saquon Barkley is still a first rounder for me in a startup dynasty. Baker Mayfield is the closest at quarterback nine, and uh, he but he comes nowhere close to Saquon. So yeah, I mean for whatever whatever purposes you're talking about, I'll still take Saquon over the rest of these guys. But no, he's not the 1.01. Next award, the El Busto Award, the biggest bust of the season. And we can rush through this one a little bit as well. So we're going to go James, John, Travis uh, for our nominees. We'll go in that order, and then James is going to pick a winner. But we're going to start with you, James. Give us a nominee. Yeah, uh, my El Busto goes to my my first nomination is Le'Veon Bell. Um, he was picked early by most, and he didn't play. He got to zero <laughs> points, and so for that, he is the bust. I like how you said that just so <laughs> matter-of-factly. He he didn't even play, so <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> looks it's... like he had fun this year, though, so that's really what's important, right? Well, he did have stuff taken out of his locker in Pittsburgh. I don't think he's getting his cleats back. He and he doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Devonta Freeman also he actually did play a little bit. He uh he was drafted as a running back 11, 18th overall. He finishes with 14.1 fantasy points. That's not an average, that's a total. He did that all in two games, week one and week four. So isn't that crazy? He missed fourteen games. Yeah, and somehow gets back on the field just long enough to get you another seven points or whatever. And then he's done. And, and Tevin Coleman sucked. Yeah, we'll we'll talk yeah. more about that. I'm <laughs> sure over this off season. But man, fourteen games he was gone. Yep. Yep. And fourteen crazy. fantasy points. You drafted him late in the, kind of in the middle of the second round, actually. And uh, right in the middle of the second round, and you got 14 points. And he actually played two games and did that to you. In our defense, I mean, we didn't see 14 games missed coming, but I know Ian John for sure. James, I can't remember if you were on 
this with us, but we were selling, we were, we were saying to sell Devonta Freeman hard before the season. Like that was like one of our biggest recommendations this off season was to get rid of Devonta Freeman. Yep. Yeah, we were all on board with that. One of the earlier episodes that we had recorded a while back was our biggest uh, drops. We called them our, our grenades because they were dropping, and mine was Devontae Freeman. So, yeah, we were all yeah. three on board with that one. So so here's one that we weren't all three on board with. Uh, my biggest <laughs> bust nominee goes to Ronaldo Hones. Um, mm. That's, uh, that's yeah. Ronald Jones, for those of you who don't speak Spanish. He was drafted as the running back 21 in August DLF startup ADP. 21. That's insane. I don't even think he, I, I mean, I can't even scroll down far enough to find <laughs> out where he finished. Yeah, it and wasn't good. he was consistently beaten out by Peyton Barber, who actually had a pretty decent year on a uh, pass-first team. Oh, no. You didn't have to go that far. Peyton Barber still sucks, but... He he's so decent. better than Ronald Jones. He beat him out every week. Yeah, but he's horrible. Well, what does that say about Ronald Jones? <laughs> well, that's why he's. <laughs> I disagree. Nominee. I disagree that Peyton Barber is horrible. I don't think he's great, but yeah, I mean, so your point is your point strengthens my point. Yeah. Wow! Wow! That's all I have to say. Uh, my next guy is Corey Davis, and. Well, Corey Davis, to me, was that guy who was going to take the next step. Mariota was – I was convinced. Everyone had me convinced Mariota was going to get healthy and this offense was going to be better. And Corey Davis, he's going to show that top 12 upside and he's going to be a top receiver this year. And he just didn't. And I don't know at this point if it's because of Corey Davis or if it's because of Marcus Mariota. But either way, he just he, he's not meeting expectations and – I don't know how much longer I'm willing to wait on it because, man, I, with Derrick Henry exploding there, I mean, if things don't change in Tennessee, it's going to be a run-first offense, and I just don't know that the upside's there for Corey Davis. So I, I love the guy's talent, but, dude, I, I expected more than you know what he gave us, which was uh, on a 65 receptions on 112 targets for 891 yards and four touchdowns. I, I I wanted more. I expected more, and I, I didn't get it. So for he, he was a phenomenal disappointment for me. So that's why he made this list. So, um, yeah, that's my next that's, – that's my last nomination for this one. Those touchdowns will come. But I've got Leonard Fournette in preseason ADP. He was running back eight, number 12 overall. He had a three-game stretch where he had more than 20 fantasy points. But his only other game in double did, but he only had one other game in double digits on his way to a running back forty three finish, and I, I a lot of it was injury, and we kind of called that one going into the season as well. He's always going to miss some time, but now Jacksonville is just kind of done with him. So not only was he a bust for this season, he might just be an overall bust. He is going to be one of my biggest buy lows this off season. Wow, Leonard Fournette. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So we'll get more into that, I'm sure, in the next, in the coming weeks. For sure. All right, my last my last bust award nominee here goes to my boy Sammy Watkins. Speaking of buy low this offseason, guys, Sammy Correct. Watkins. Am I right? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a he had a very very poor year. 
Uh, he missed some time. He was drafted as the wide receiver 22 in August DLF startup ADP, which was higher than I thought. Uh, I was surprised to look back and, and see that that's where he was going. Um, but yeah, on that offense, man, 50 passing touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins didn't see any of it. I mean, I'm not, not any, I'm sure he caught a couple. I don't know. I don't have a stat line in front of me, but you know what I mean? Like he was just not, he didn't, he didn't take any significant piece of that huge offensive pie. And that was extremely disappointing. Um, so yeah, that's my next nominee. And James, you get to pick the winner this time. Yeah, man, this one's tough for me because I, I really feel like Le'Veon Bell let a lot of people down, but I just don't know if bust is the right word for him. Like, I, I don't I don't know. To me, a bust is someone who just underperformed greatly and just really let you down. Le'Veon Bell just didn't perform. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know that that's, that's a bust as much as it's just like just a, a – you know, like a giant middle finger to, to fantasy owners who took him. You know, like I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm James, gonna go. James has my all-time favorite takes on Le'Veon Bell's offseason. Who <laughs> sees not his sabbatical? Le'Veon yeah. Bell was a giant middle finger. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go with. I'm definitely not gonna go with Ronald Jones because I think the jury's still out on him. But um, I will go. With Devontae Freeman, um, th- this was a guy who, I mean, at least I, I, we can kind of pat ourselves on the back because I think we were definitely lower on him than the general consensus. But um, that's not why I'm going with him. I'm going with him because, I mean, really, it, it was just so frustrating for a while there because you owned him and it was, uh, he, you know, he should be fine. He should be back this week. Uh, no, you know, he's not going to be. And it was just frustrating trying to follow up with, you know, what he was going to do. And 14.1 fantasy points and he played two weeks. I mean, that's just killer. Um, you know, you can't even put him on your IR until, what, week week eight or something? I mean, that, that's just, that's brutal. You know, you're just kind of waiting on him. So, uh, to me, the winner is Devontae Freeman. Yeah, that that sounds about right to me. I mean, every time you put him in your lineup, he let you down and then left with an injury. So, that's... That's how. That's about as hard as a person can bust. So, so speaking of buy lows, the question arises here. No, don't do it. <laughs> don't I'm do asking. It. I'm asking for for the sake of the listeners. Right now, in December, December uh, DLF ADP is running back twenty four, going at sixty five, pick sixty five overall. Yeah. Are I you can... guys interested at that price or no? Uh, man, I I can't do it. I kind of think that they do something. I don't know for sure what, but I think that That's they what, sixth round. Yeah, I I still I. So okay, first of all, that offense is going to look quite a bit different. They just they just dismissed their entire coaching staff, other than the head coach Dan Quinn. They're they're going to bring in you know a new offensive coordinator and try and implement a new system. Meanwhile, Devonta Freeman is one. Uh, he's the Jordan Reed of running backs. We don't use the term injury prone, but I don't. I I, I don't know what else to call him. And I I think that they probably know that they've got to address the running back position. If you let Tevin Coleman walk, which I don't I, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if maybe they bring him back. Just because I, you no can, way, dude. They clearly hate him based on how they used him this season. But you cannot go into a season with Devonta Freeman as your as your only viable running back. 
I think there's a legitimate chance that it's Freeman and Edo Smith and Brian Hill. Ugh. You see what Brian Hill did in week 17? Yeah, I, yeah, I know. But, I mean, you've got to have somebody who has, who, you know, who the, who has played significant amounts of time and significant snaps in the NFL, somebody who can pick up the blitz and, and you know, knows the pass protections and stuff. I, and I don't know that you can just turn it over to somebody as young as those guys. I think that, it, you know, I think you've got to have a veteran presence, but I, I don't know how how they could possibly trust Devonta Freeman to be their lead back. I I don't know. And and I mean, there are just so many guys who are going to be available in the draft. They're going to be free agents. It just seems to me like they've got to go out and get somebody to shore that up a little bit. Even if it's not bringing back Tevin Coleman, I think somebody lands in Atlanta. And it's going to be somebody who can give give them a little bit of peace of mind at the running back position. Le'Veon Bell to the Falcons. <laughs> Mark it down. <laughs> James, are you interested in Devonta Freeman in the sixth round of startups? No, I, I still don't think I am, man. I, I'll be honest with you. Last season, last season when he was going as high as he was, that's probably where I was comfortable taking him, and he was going way higher. What second round, probably? Um, and I, I wasn't interested then. So now, you know, after everything, and really, I just I have so many concerns with him, and it's not just injuries, but I mean, one more concussion could end his career. So I, I just think the type of injuries that he's sustained are the ones that I, I kind of want to steer clear from. So I don't even want to invest a sixth-round pick in him, to be honest. What, are, are, would you, Travis, though? I think sixth round, I might be interested, man. Mm, okay. We, we'll see. We'll do some startup shows. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Devonta Freeman or Marlon Mack? Mack. Yeah, I e- think I'd take Mack. Mack. Devonta Freeman or Rashad Penny? Oh. Uh, I guess I go, Penny. I go Rashad Penny. Yeah. Yeah, barely. Barely. Penny's going two spots higher. All right, we should we should move on. I just thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, yeah it is. No, definitely. It's definitely worth a discussion, and we'll come back to it. Uh, so on to our next award, the Super Sleeper Award. And this is just, I, I mean, it's that simple. We're looking for uh, some of our favorite sleepers from this season. It's going to go John Travis James, and then I'll pick a winner. So real quick, my first nominee here, Tyler Lockett. He was drafted as wide receiver 55, 152 overall in ADP, and finishes as wide receiver 10. Yeah, he had he had an impressive season, man. I mean, as crazy unsustainable as it was, he sustained it for at least the majority of the season. So definitely impressive, especially at his price. Uh, my first nominee is George Kittle. George Kittle was drafted 107 overall in August DLF startup ADP, so beginning of this season. He finished as the tight end two. He broke the all-time receiving yardage record for tight ends with 1377 in the same week that Travis Kelsey broke it. Come on, that's awesome. And he finished as the tight end two with only five touchdowns. That means there is room for improvement with, uh, you know, not the third-string quarterback under center. I think George Kittle was definitely uh, one of the top sleepers this season. Nice, yeah. I I took sleeper 
sorry. I took sleeper as I just looked at guys drafted past spot 100, basically. Yeah, and I, I like both those picks. I think both those nominations are real solid. Um, mine was Tyler Boyd. Um, Tyler Boyd was a guy who uh, largely went undrafted, but um, in 14 games, he had 76 receptions, turned it into 1,028 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. This was a guy that, uh, like I said, was widely undrafted and uh, uh, was kind of an afterthought. And really, like I said, in, in only 14 games, he put up over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, so I think his stats were impressive, and the fact that you didn't have to pay a high price for him made him a super sleeper. So that's why he's one of my nominations for this category. What I like about Tyler Boyd is that it's sustainable. I think that we're seeing the breakout that was going to occur. Uh, it's that third-year thing with the wide receivers. Here we are with Tyler Boyd. So um, here's my next nominee, Robert Woods. Drafted his wide receiver 41, 103rd overall, and finishes his wide receiver 12. He had two games, week one and week 17, which were pretty un- inconsequential for fantasy players, where he was under four catches, under 61 yards, and had fewer than, had single digits uh, fantasy points in PPR. The rest of the way, he was, he had at least four catches and or uh, 61 or more yards and double digits, d- double digit fantasy points in PPR the entire season. He's still underrated, dude. People still don't like him. Yeah, he was as solid as it comes. He was an every week starter for me in many leagues this season. Yep, I still have him ranked third among those Rams wide receivers. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, so my next one here. I got to show some love for my boy, John Brown. Um, Recency bias probably has everyone forgetting what he did for fantasy teams in the first half of the year. But John Brown was money in the first half of this season, man. And he came out of nowhere. He was drafted at 181 overall in August DLF startup ADP. Wide receiver 77 he was being drafted. I mean, that's practically free. And he carried teams during the first seven weeks of the season before Lamar Jackson became the starting running back for the Ravens. Um, Yes, I said running back. He was wide receiver 18 in PPR points per game through week seven. And he was free. And he was a plug and play guy. And people forget, you know, because that was, you know, 10 weeks ago. But he was a plug and play wide receiver every single week. And he had that boom potential too. Um, several multi touchdown games. Uh, he was leading the league in yards for reception for a while there. He was he was easy, easy in your lineups every single week. So got to bring back some some attention for John Brown, even though he disappeared when Lamar Jackson took over. Yeah, there, through through seven weeks, he was basically the only startable Ravens wide receiver. I mean, he was he was that oh, good. Oh, for there. sure. Yeah. That's not that even saying a lot. He was the one. <laughs> He was the one guy on that offense that you felt comfortable starting um, outside of running back. And Alex Collins still you didn't feel too comfortable with because he was kind of the guy um, early in the season there at that running back position. So, yeah. Do you guys remember how high everyone was on Michael Crabtree before this season? Yes, yes. That was fun. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those days have have come and gone, no doubt. so the last nomination I have here, and it is Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler, in 14 games, he, 104 rushing attempts, 
for 554 yards, so over five yards a carry, three rushing touchdowns. He also added 39 receptions for 404 yards, which, I mean, totals 958 total yards, and three more touchdowns. So he had six total touchdowns. He did all this while being the running back two on his own team. This guy didn't even start games for the most part until Melvin Gordon went down, and this guy was that good. And even when Melvin Gordon went down, Austin Eckler went down too for a little bit, and Justin Jackson was starting games. So um, Austin Eckler in 14 games played, mostly as a backup, the number two back on his team. He still put those numbers up. This was a guy that you could, I mean, start at your flex, pick up for free, start at your flex, and he was still putting up usable fantasy numbers as the backup on his own team. To me, it just boggles my mind. So um, I put Austin Eckler on here more more so just because I respect him so much for being able to do that um, and not even be the wide receiver or the running back one on his own on his own team. Oh, man, this is tough. There's some really good ones here, but uh, I am going to break a trend here, and I'm going to pick my own guy, Robert Woods. Just because, I mean, he to be that good over the Ooh. entire course of the season is just, I, I, I just can't. George Kittle is close for me. Tyler Boyd is close for me. But just how good Robert Woods was and, you know, I believe will probably continue to be. Uh, he's going to get the award here. No, I like it, man. He, he deserves some respect. We're going to have to talk about this a little later, guys, um, in, a, in a later episode, because I am one of those who still doesn't buy into the Robert Woods hype. So he's good. He'll be man. up on offseason with player. Yeah. There is just never enough time. We always, always run out of time. And, uh, it, you know, thank you to our friend Dynasty Outhouse for the, for the kind words, uh, saying that you would love to hear a two hour episode. Um, just on the off chance that are uh, are the rest of our amazing listeners don't totally agree with that we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here for the week and come back to the rest of these next week so we'll wrap it up here and as we do that we're gonna ask you for the same quick favor if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and if you are subscribed do us a huge favor and rate and review particularly on itunes those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach get out to a new audience to a bigger audience and really dial into the topics that are the most useful to you the listener particularly here in the off season we really need to know we really need to hear from you so that uh, we can figure out the most useful topics that we can hit on uh, here in this uh, this season of building and rebuilding you can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And you can send us your trades on Twitter. We're at Superflex Show. You can also send us to send those trades to each one of us individually as well. Uh, Travis is at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, though, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye.